Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to a post-game instant reaction podcast for the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer joined by several individuals. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Start over here to my right with... With Michael, <laughs> the guy that usually hosts with Spencer. Uh, I'm just over here. We're at my house. We're at HQ North. We had uh, some pork butt and some pecans, so this is the butts and nuts party, and this is the after party. And uh, I'm just glad that y'all are here. It's a good reason to have an after party. And um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll pass on to the... Next person to my right to introduce themselves. That almost sounded like an award speech right there. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who attended tonight's party. It was a great get together. <laughs> so good. Hey, this is Chad Hasty. I'm just a guy who's sitting at a table talking about sports right now. Glad to be here. Just a Thanks guy. for the invite. <laughs> yeah, I'm Mike, your, resi- your residence uh, TTU pessimist. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. Hey, I'm that, more than happy to be wrong. That's <laughs> typically my role. Well, I want that role too. Okay. I'm just here to drop hot takes. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. They're not even going to be tech-related hot takes. I'm just going to drop <laughs> movie hot takes the whole time. <laughs> this is Keith, the resident optimist, apparently. The you are. One, you the are the only g- one that picked the Red Raiders yes. to win this game. And, and cover. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, got to go all in. Well, I like how we both pointed that out, but you can't do one without doing the other. That's but right. It, it's been a, it's been a long. I evening. wasn't going to drop that on you. There's been you some did cook us dinner. There's been some Modelo. <laughs> some beers have happened. Yeah, beers have happened. They've they've shown up. They've come and gone. So we are recording minutes after the conclusion of the Texas Tech Oklahoma State game, where the Red Raiders won forty one to seventeen. Who saw that coming? I did. Keith, oh, apparently. Right, right. The, <laughs> the, After calling Tech to beat Houston by two scores, I can pretty much never be wrong again. So <laughs> it's just automatic. Yeah, it's see, a gift. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm trying to pull up our game and like it's been buried since wow, it's no longer live. Prepare there, Spencer. Uh, yeah, I was getting everything else prepared, guys. We got a command just, center oh, over wait, there. Here we go. Going here on. we go. Nope. What would you like to discuss? I've got it pulled up. Let's start with the offense. Yep. There were some some ball control there, guys. Did pretty good. Uh, third down efficiency, 9 for 14. Uh, that's not too shabby. Rushed for 224, passed for 397, 621 total. Uh, two interceptions thrown. Slight, slight hiccup on the evening. Uh, Bowman finally... Got his first couple of picks. Yeah, but although I think the back one wasn't really his fault. No. It was a heck of a play by A.J. Green. That was an unreal play, getting that toe in, that left toe in it just really was. barely in. Yeah, it's just weird to think that that's statistically his worst game so far, and he still played lights out. Yeah, so he, he was 35 of 46 or 47, uh, which was, I think we calculated like 75% completion. Um, threw for just under 400 yards. Uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Like you were saying, one of the t- one of the interceptions could be, um, I guess, kind of written off as a as a great defensive play. The other one was more of a overthrew a wide open receiver over the middle. Typically, you don't get away with those. Well, and on top of the interceptions, it was the first time that you've really seen anybody get after him this year. Like Houston got the the first sack of the season against him, but uh, Bowman lost twenty six yards on four carries this game. So we had heard about that Oklahoma defensive line. They were leading the nation with 16 and a half sacks coming into the game, I believe. And then here they are getting after Bowman, and you force a couple, a couple turnovers, and still uh, Texas Tech really just rolls um, and makes all the plays when they need to on both sides of the ball. And so you just have to really be bolstered when you see them do this kind of stuff. So when you say, when you say roll, let's talk about that second-half performance from the defense. They pitched a shutout. Oklahoma State did not score – in the second half. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty amazing considering 
I think they scored a touchdown or like halfway through the first, and it seemed like for a second it could be one of these. We were groaning. Yeah, yeah. It could be one of these like forty to thirty games, something like that. But they kind of the second half. I'm not sure what did it, but we just had all the momentum. Absolutely, I agree. And Jordan Brooks led the way: six total tackles, five solo, two and a half for loss. Yeah, and uh, I think that. I think that big play he made in that fourth down kind of really did it. Even though Tech didn't score the next possession, like they're trying to get a fourth down, trying to tie the game, and Brooks just ended that drive right. Right, there. and you're forcing a turnover on downs on a team that is known for offense as much as you are. You know, certainly in the time that you have been a little bit down, they have definitely been prolific. Maybe not the same this year, a little more pro style, a little less air raid style, but still a team that has has done some big things. And uh, last week in particular against. Boise State, but it's nice to see your linebacking core dominate the top of that of that defensive stat column with with a lot of tackles and tackles for loss and QB hurries, and, and then you had two sacks on the day as well. So what you're saying is we want Boise. That's what we discussed earlier. I don't know. Do you think we can? Is it with the blue field? Would that be kind of a, I, a disadvantage to I don't the care Red about Raiders? The blue field. I want someone that beats Ole Miss. That's not Bama. So, however that works out, get me transitive beats wins over Old Miss. That's what I need. <laughs> Maybe first half Kent State. We can get the go. team that came out in the first half or the first quarter. The pre-rain delay Kent State. Yeah, yeah, pre-rain delay. <laughs> flashes. So, that defense, you're talking about the Oklahoma State offense for a second. Um, Taylor Cornelius, not known as a, a prolific passer, finished the day sub-50% completion. Yeah the, yeah, the only thing worse is his completion percentage was his hairline. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> he did have a five hit. I mean, it was it was serious. I'm a Baldman myself, and that kind of hurts. <laughs> but it is true. The, but that's by choice. He's still growing his hair out. <laughs> yeah, he he could he could do the. He's still hanging. He could on. Could go the path of the Dollar Shave Club like I have. Like it's almost like he's hanging on. Dana Holgerson. He could probably get a skull going. And yeah. let's talk about Dana Holgerson still wearing a visor. That makes no sense to me. I mean, on a skin cancer. I mean, West Virginia is like the new A and M of the Big Twelve. It, it's so. just it just There's lots of cargo shorts and visors around there. Yeah, but it just doesn't. The only place he has hair is underneath the visor. <laughs> So I'm I'm not sure what this what this is doing. Ventilation from, still matters, I guess. I, yeah, ventilation is is key. That's why I still buy mesh caps. <laughs> so Cornelius, <laughs> and not not his forehead. Fashion blog. Yukon Cornelius, like Taylor Christmas Cornelius. time. No, no, oh, okay. Two hundred fifty-eight yards, one touchdown, one interception. Your defense also gave up 128 yards on the ground. So I can't do math really quickly. That's what three eighty. Math on Total offense radio. that you gave up? Yeah, roughly so. Sure. But the thing is, and, and, not, and not one guy dominated. Like, I can't even say who their top receiver would be from this game just from not looking at the stats. It was Wallace. He had seven receptions for 123 yards with a long of 31. Uh, but really, you only had, they only had one pe- uh, receiving touchdown to King, uh, and that was his only catch of the day. Yeah, and then – no, I was going to say, and if you look at the rushing totals, of course, Justice Hill was the guy you were worried about. Um, he he gained 111 yards on 12 carries, one touchdown. So, you know. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Not surprisingly, he got he did some some damage against you, but I mean, when you give up 128 total rushing yards to a team that has traditionally or in the past has has, has put up two two fifty plus on you pretty easily. Um, you were obviously doing pretty well. You were getting after Cornelius enough to make him uncomfortable. You were forcing him to throw downfield, which we saw he's not good at at all. I think he completed one of those passes. Um, he threw some some uh, Hail Mary-type back shoulder fades that I think he completed one of those, too. 
So you were able to kind of um, enforce your will on defense. Um, like I said, giving giving up a hundred or sorry three hundred and eighty yards on offense. You're not saying like your defense was dominant in any, any stretch, break. but for Oklahoma State, a ranked opponent at home, you held them to 17 total points. Yep. And I think the big key of that is what you mentioned was the defensive line. Like the running game really didn't really get going, and so they had to throw the ball some, and the line was getting there quick enough where he couldn't just, you know, sit back and do what he wanted. Well, and comparatively, when you talk about when you talk about uh, running game, so you look at them. They had uh, Justice Hill had 12 carries for 111 yards. That's I mean better than a nine yard average. He had a touchdown. That's a good day, you know. For, yeah, that's really good. But he's a really good running back. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's better than average. Um, and your leading uh, tacklers were all linebackers, as they should be uh, in that situation. But then when you look at Texas Tech's day, Demarcus Felton 12 carries, 121 yards, two touchdowns, and then uh, Sir Roderick Thomas chipping in another touchdown, 66 yards. Henry with another 65 yards. You, you combine for 224 yards on the day. There's some negatives there from some, some passes that lost yardage, yardage in Bowman. But would you like to venture a guess who the Oklahoma State uh, leading tackler was? Was it a safety? It was. It was a freshman <laughs> safety. I bet you have a box score in front of you. I do, but I wasn't yes, looking at that. His name is Jarek Bernard, and he had 14 tackles, uh, 13 by himself. So you're really hanging your secondary out to dry if you're getting that many tackles at a safety position. That guy is, is out there trying to make some plays, and that means you're getting into their secondary a lot. Well, I, I think another impressive thing for the Texas Tech defense is you didn't have a lot of takeaways. Uh, you know, and that's something that in the past a lot of folks have said, if you're going to beat, if you're Texas Tech and you're going to beat a team like Oklahoma State, like a future West Virginia, you've got to have all these takeaways. You've got to mm-hmm. get all these interceptions. Texas Tech didn't have to do that tonight. It was good when they did get that, uh, you know, get, did get a couple of takeaways, but you didn't have to have those tonight. They were just that good on defense. Yeah, on defense you had the, the one interception. Uh, yeah, you had yeah, a turnover on downs. Like a punt, right. Yeah, and you had a, a turnover and downs. Um, and the other other turnover on the stat sheet was a muffed punt. Right, that you recovered. But, hey, give credit for that interception. Freshman Adrian Fry jumping in again. He was big with two, two interceptions against Lamar. One was a pick six, and he caused the tip that gave another interception to Vontae Dorsey in that Lamar game. Here he is again uh, playing – you know, an increased role, obviously, against your Big 12 opener, and he had an interception again here. Your only, your only defensive turnover of the day. Yeah, I think we have uh, Demarcus Fields that one side. I think all of us agreed that he kind of locked that position down. But with Morgan out, we didn't really have a, another cornerback. So maybe Fry can be that guy that steps in and plays well. Hey, does anybody know how many punts we had today? Two, Two. and there were good punts. They, they were, were very good, good punts, and one, one resulted in – that was the muff, wasn't it? No, one was – yeah, one was the muff, one was the 99-yard killer he got, drive. That <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy. Oh, man, that, that we should have – Well, it, it wasn't just 99. It was like 99 and a half. Actually, it was 99 three-fourths. Yeah, three it just punts. kept going <laughs> half the distance to the goal. That's right. If you, if you have something uh, – I think you can have something forever. It can't be it perfect. Will never, it will never be. <laughs> There's got to be something to make you hang your head right. and, and wonder what happened. But, uh, so if, if if you consider though of the 380 yards you gave up, one, like a hundred of those came on one drive. Yeah. The rest of the the day, your defense gave up 207 or 280 yards. It's not bad. It's not. I take that any day. Not against an offense that most people are going to say is an elite Big 12 offense year in and year out with consistent coaching and and strong playmakers. Would you think that Cornelius was air quotes exposed tonight? I think a little bit. I mean, he's a – Rudolph's been there, it seems like, forever, at least three years. And so far, he hasn't really played anybody super great. I think Boise was ranked, but they had a guy suspended, and I don't think maybe they were quite as good. But, yeah, him facing uh, the linebacking core we had, the defensive line that played great. So we have the Fields and Johnson in secondary who are pretty decent. This is his first, I think, real test. And he kind of showed that sometimes he doesn't really have the – make the right moves yeah with five QB hurries and two sacks I mean you've got Justice Hill you know he's going to be great he's a great option there but you've got to have a quarterback that can stretch the field if you're going to be able to open up you know whatever it is they want to do on offense and he proved under some pressure that he wasn't gonna be able to do that and I don't think that's pressure they've seen Boise State didn't show up for him and uh, you know their other games Montana State was their first game and I don't even remember 
who are they facing their second game of the season? South Alabama. South Alabama, thank you. Face the Jaguars and just <laughs> haven't had a test. And so, um, obviously, Texas Tech brought it and has set a bunch of first-time since kind of conversations going, you know, and that's, that's a nice thing to see in the Cliff Kingsbury era. Fourth home game in a row, too, for Oklahoma State. That's right. Yeah. To, have, uh, to finally see some sort of semblance of competition. I think Boise State could qualify on that level, but – to have four home games in a row uh, and then just come crashing down on the fourth one like that. And and Mike pointed out earlier, and it's it's going to be true again next week, of course, the first week, it, it definitely is. But before we recorded, Mike pointed out that every team we've played has been undefeated. So that continues on next week, and hopefully we can be their first loss as well. So I I don't know. I, I thought it was a soft schedule. I remember when Spencer and I looked at it before the season started – but to have your fourth home game in September and lose it in this fashion has got to that's that's going to make some people at Oklahoma State a little bit frustrated. Before everybody tweets at us when they listen to this, <laughs> it wasn't Montana State; they played Missouri State. I remembered. Oh, okay. Thank well, you. it's one of the M states. Yeah, that's pretty right. good. They were, it was a bear. What's that? Tech plays Montana State next. That's year. right, next season. Uh, that's where you got it from. That's my sister's. <laughs> that's what it was. I was thinking about next year already. Looking ahead. That's dangerous. You don't want to look ahead. <laughs> um, okay, well, looking ahead. Let's talk about <laughs> – does this, does this change anybody's outlook for the season? Does well, this, I, I have mean, that four uh, and eight, so it's kind of hard to so this, be okay. three and one and be like, yeah, they're not doing anything. Well, your conversation all – that's what your conversation has been, right, Mike? Where are your wins? You look at the yeah. schedule, where are your wins? I think I had mine at Lamar, Houston, Kansas, and Baylor. Right, so. and everybody kind of was probably in that world. And then if you, were, if you were being a little bit more generous, you had Ole Miss on there, and then you were thinking, well, we got to steal a couple. Well, I think you just stole one. Oh, you know, and I think more and more with the way Ole Miss is playing, we're thinking maybe we just legitimately didn't play well in well, week also, one in a neutral site against a reasonably good team, but you had an injury and a surprise quarterback and all that. Uh, maybe that's just not who this team was. Yeah, like maybe the fact that Alan Bowman would have started the game and been prepared for me would have done better. And also there was just a lot of mistakes. Like we had Bonnie miss an open field tackle for a touchdown. Fields fell for a touchdown. It was little things where – Kickoff return for yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, you just fix a little bit of stuff, and all of a sudden, about that game it's a close anymore. game. So, even though we lost by 20 that game, it really was not as big a loss as it seemed. It sure seemed that way at the time. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. It just was uh, – it was just like the, the world was coming down at the end of that one. Yeah, it – well – Everybody acted like that at the very least. <laughs> that's, that's what these instant reactions are for. That's man. right. Yeah. Well, you I, guys did a pretty good job that day. I mean, <laughs> keeping I, it together. That, that, I think there you was look a, at, I was going to say just real quick. There was a definite like heavy size. We started like, oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you look at, at Bowman and the game that he had tonight. You know, interceptions are never good, obviously, but uh, he played great lights out. And the fact that those interceptions never shook him. He came right back out and played well. That gives me, and I think a lot of other people, who knows if you're going to win you know, against West Virginia, but the fact that he could go in to Stillwater you know, against those fans who they're always loud. You know, the fans are right there. Uh, they're you know, literally right there. Yeah, literally right there on top Swinging of Swinging paddles at you. Uh, throwing paddles at you and throwing water bottles at you and everything else. You know, it, it's one of those where he came back from that through touchdown passes – led the team right back down the field. He has to give not only the team, but the fans, everybody, the coaches, a lot of faith in him going into uh, – going against West Virginia next week. I mean, that's got to be huge. And if there was any debate that Carter might come back and take the job, I think that killed him. Yeah, what about Jet? The, what about Jet Duffy? Oh, oh, any more? Anyone Cole else? Garrett. Don't we need him? I mean, apparently that's <laughs> – I think that – and that's a great point, Chad, and that was always kind of the discussion about him. He's a little bit unflappable. He's got that moxie. He's ready to come out and compete. It's not going to bother him. He's going to roll on. He had 46 pass attempts tonight, and we, had, and we ran uh, 46 rushes. Now, a couple of those were probably hurries and sacks, some of that, but, you know, that's 92 snaps that he handled. Yeah, you had two picks. You add that to the rest of the season, though, and that is really, really nice. You yeah, know, the picks weren't even like terrible picks. I mean, the TJ Vatcher one was in the end zone. Yeah. Oh, that was a that circus was amazing. Absolutely. And yeah. then the first pick was, you know, it was 50 yards downfield. So, although it was sucked to turn over, it wasn't like they got the ball in the red zone. Yeah, I, I think going into this game, everybody, or at least our, our questions were, how is Bowman going to handle going on the road for the first time? Um, 
I think we've seen like it's just business as usual, right? Like he's he's done so so well in the first two games that he started, and I, I'm not I'm, I don't I wouldn't say he he was all that bad against Ole Miss, but the two games he started before tonight was super solid. He was, he was calm, he's confident. Um, he's going through his reads. That's something we noticed in the first game. He was basically first read something else because they didn't know the offense that well that started, but. You know, it's this game he starts going through more reads. Absolutely. And play. he's not just throwing to one side of the field. He's not just doing, like, the short developing. <laughs> so I never got a chance to respond to that because <laughs> I wasn't on the pod that week. But T.J. Vasher made two great catches in the Ole Miss game, the one that made the one that made the highlight reel that came from McLean Carter and another one that was very similar, but it was two-handed. It came from Alan Bowman, and it was on the right side of the field. So uh, there I, was a few over there. I didn't say, like, he never threw it. <laughs> but <laughs> but for the most part, I got it. I got it. There were, were seven more targets to the right side of the field. Um, I just – for me, when and watching these games, we talked about this right before we started recording. I have a little bit – and I know I'm the sunshine pumper, the, the optimistic guy who's taking the points, but I just – feel like Cliff Kingsbury has also made some strides this season as a coach. Absolutely. You see him coaching on the sidelines. Even Lamar in the final series, he's got second teamers, third teamers around him, and he is firing them up to finish the shutout, to finish that game, to do what they need to do, to get out there and get those reps. He was doing the same thing tonight. He had guys that he was coaching up. He's coaching up Bowman before the last possession, I think it was. I just think that's positive, and I think he's calling some great games. Yeah, I mean, other than – no, I, I'm just going to say it was a huge game for him. Huge mm-hmm. game for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I think other than that weird thing where he took a timeout then false, then a delay game, missed kick, other than that. Oh, that <laughs> was so brutal. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was just back to this, some of the most frustrating stuff I would remember from last year, and I'm a huge Kingsbury apologist, so I will just listen to all of this wonderful praise about Kingsbury, <laughs> but I will have to poke my head in here on the – the timeout to try to draw someone off sides and then you don't even he, pretend he like you're going to snap, snap the ball. Yeah, you never called a cadence out. at all. No, and then you kick and miss the field goal. I mean, of course, we were up 34-17 or whatever it was at the time, so it, it's fine. Yep. All is well, but that was just one of those things that you burn your last timeout with 11 minutes left in the game and you you get nothing for yeah, it, but basically. I think the biggest difference is, well, when he first got here, maybe he wasn't quite ready, but last year he heard about combining the – getting more excited for the defense. Mm-hmm. This year seems to be more time management. Like ten, like 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, up 17. Usually old Cliff Kingsbury might have thrown out some. He throws them some run plays, some quick pack, pass plays. Next thing you know, six minutes later, we score a touchdown. We're up 24 points and four minutes left. During the Houston game, he took a timeout on a fourth down play, turned the ball over, it got a minute 50, scored up like three seconds left. His time management started to get a lot better this year. Yeah, well, it's been last, very noticeable. That last drive tonight, you know, and I made the comment while we were watching the game, it, maybe it's a little early to worry about burning the clock with 10 or 11 minutes left, and all of a sudden we look up and they burned five or six minutes in a in a scoring drive, you know, and, and they really did manage that clock well. I, I would definitely agree with that. I just – and I, I agree with – I was watching that, I agree, but as you, were exp- as you were talking again about that post-timeout action, maybe it was just a matter of not rushing. Maybe you get everybody on the sideline. You say, this is our best move. Go in there. We're going to get down to the penalty. Don't make a move. Don't, don't, don't make any, you know, take any chances with anything, and then we're going to, we're going to kick. You know? Obviously, the miss makes it look worse. Otherwise, maybe we're saying, hey, that was a genius. Great job. Great use of a timeout. That's three more points. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I, you, I could look at it either way on that. It, I just feel like if, if they would have at least tried to snap the ball yeah. or that's all acted like they were going to do sure. it, yeah, it, I think that would make me feel a little bit better about it. But that's such a nitpicky thing on a game where we went on the road right. as 15-point dogs. I think it was actually 14-and-a-half before kickoff. Uh, the line just kept drifting. I think it opened at 10-and-a-half or 11 and just kept drifting and drifting. The money kept moving towards Oklahoma State. So to, to come away with a commanding victory of 41-17 – beat down essentially i'll call it that just because i am relishing the fact that we finally beat them for the first time since i was I think a senior that in high school beat down. i mean the second half was definitely beat down i mean yeah they were at home yeah they were at home that's not an they easy had, place to play i know they've got paddles and their fans sitting on the bench i mean <laughs> angry ones <laughs> to, I, I was gonna make the point that when you're talking about uh, game management and everything uh i think what started this conversation at least here at the, at the house when we we're watching the game was that that um timeout they called 
came out and then Felton scored on the very next play. We're like, that was a great use of a timeout to regroup. Right. And you, you, you came out, you executed. Um, whereas we, we've seen the past where something like the call a timeout, get a penalty and miss a field goal type thing has <laughs> happened in the past. Now, to your point, I, maybe the, the, the plan was we'll take them jumping off sides if they will. We're not gonna. We're not gonna try to you know mess anything up. Um, we don't want to risk a false start, you know, and back ourselves up any further than we're hoping to be. Sure. You know, I don't know. I was just gonna point out something else we talked about during the game. I I appreciated also just some growth in Texas Tech, the ability to uh, to adjust to the game, to adjust to what the defense is giving you. You know, they weren't giving Wesley and Vasher the chance at circus catches you know, in the first half. So we went to high and the running game rumbled and you got to Austin who had seven catches for 69 yards and Collins. He only had three catches, but I remember all of them because they were all big catches. And I think that was, that was something you were all of a sudden you, and I said this last week, um, it felt like we were Texas tech again when we came out and, and had this big game against Houston and these crazy yards. It felt like we were Texas Tech again today because if one guy's not there, four more are available. You know, all of a sudden you're spreading the field again in a way that everybody's a weapon, that we're not just keying in on one guy that can make a play. Speaking of growth, and I'm, I'm probably the only person who does not have the box score up. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. would you like one of these That's phones? me. That's I think he I doesn't do. want it. Yeah. The guy who's unprepared. Um, I, Penalties for Texas Tech. Yeah, absolutely. I, Here you go. I'll tell I mean, you how many. I mean, it, yeah, I think we several had, times tonight we were like flags, flags coming up. Like, oh, it's a penalty on us, but it wasn't. We had three for twenty. That's and amazing. To, to eight for seventy-three for Oklahoma State. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I'd be happy with three for twenty and a half. You know, and we had it. And yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So the uh, we just got a notification from CBS Sports. Texas Tech crushes Oklahoma State. Nice. Loved it. Hey, I'll tell you what, something else we crushed. Since Chad just mentioned the uh, the penalties, I went to the team stats. I hadn't looked over there yet. We <laughs> outpossessed this ball forty-one minutes to eighteen forty-three. Good night. I did not realize that we held on to it that much. I mean, we were That's really we were really forcing some punts quick. I mean, the defense was really making some things happen. Wow. You were nine for fourteen on third down. They were three for thirteen. Yes, that. Yeah, that'll win a ball game every time. And you were close on your math. They were, what was the total yardage there? Three eighty six. Three eighty six. Yeah, I, I, and we had six twenty one. Texas Tech had six twenty one. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Very nice. Um, let's. I, I, I asked for questions, comments, whatever. Yeah. Um, first, we, we we had somebody ask us right there towards the end of the game. I need to know how twenty three personnel HQ was holding up. So this was at the end of the game. I responded that we were losing our minds. We were kind Everyone's of clothed. <laughs> I, I, I just want to point out something real quick on time of possession. 24 minutes, second half for Texas Tech, six minutes for Oklahoma State. Dang. That's how you shut down a game and win. Their longest drive That's that awesome. half was one minute, 36 seconds. Good. Great. That's beautiful. That's a great That makes my little half. stat guy heart sing right there. Great half. <laughs> I can't believe that. I watched that game and I, I still can't believe no, that, that it, was what it, that was. It didn't feel that way, and and maybe we were just being we were just distracted and we were just like, oh look, we're. Well, we're holding up great. We've probably got some meat sweats and uh, a little bit of a little bit of extra queso floating in us, but we're we're doing good. We're we're a having a bit. we were having a very good evening. I'm I'm surprised uh, my daughter didn't wake up because there was a lot of loud clapping and. I'm and sorry. <laughs> I just want to publicly apologize for making. Your I was totally cry looking at Spencer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Keith, Keith did make her cry, but it, it was. It was inadvertent. No, it was totally inadvertent. She was – I don't even know. She, she Really, I should say she needs to get it together. Because yeah. my daughter walked over and looked at her and was like, what's wrong with I you? I know, I know. <laughs> They're watching ball ball. <laughs> don't you get it? My, and my daughter's like, no, that's not spirit. That's not the horse show on Netflix. So I'm not really sure what's going on. So there's something that we're kind of discussing, Then I think we all missed it. Uh, we got it from from Jazz at Triforce Shadow. Is Ric Flair now officially a Red Raider and on the travel roster for all away games, or do you think this was a one-off conference opening game thing? Yeah, what did did y'all fi- figure so out? What happened? Look, yeah, we I, missed something. I looked it up. I didn't see anything. I'm not. I was probably eating too much pulled pork at the well, time. I, I don't. I don't remember seeing anything on the broadcast either. No, I, I don't either. I'm. I'm not sure what we missed. I, I didn't see anything. I'm just assuming people saw a lot of the gorilla. That's what I would think. Flair. Yeah, yes. and but because a lot of people, I remember on the, I think on, 
the apparently there's a guy that looks like oh they're talking about oh it's uh, just someone who a doppelganger yeah he's yeah. A, a i'm gonna blank on his name. oh he's the, he's the sunglasses the, yeah he's the director of football operations if i remember is that correctly a, he's been around, McVeigh? A, McVeigh? yes thank you tommy yeah. tommy, tommy McVeigh. McVeigh. he's been around a very long time he's a Beloved guy in that football building. Yeah, yeah I think so, he's okay. known a lot for getting Welker to Lubbock too. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's, okay. he's a that. fixture in Texas Tech athletics. So, I, so I like if that's what they're talking about, he is not Ric Flair. Okay, he, but he he does not need to be someone else. Tommy McVeigh is is a. We will suppress guy. all woos from this <laughs> yeah. this point forward. So there's somebody else. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, it was the strength coach. What's his name? Rusty Rusty Witt. Witt. Rusty Witt. So yeah. he was like uh, Kingsbury's handler in this game. He was like his shadow. Also wearing sunglasses at night. Oh. Can I just say that I can kicked off during the day? Can I just say that one time I met the guy that sings that song, Corey Hart. I wear my sunglasses at night. So I can. So I can. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Rusty, I noticed that after the game, after the handshake, Rusty Witt kind of walked Cliff off the – he was filling in for the Texas Rangers. He was kind of walking Actually, him yeah, off the true. field as a security. I would not mess with Rusty Witt. I, that would probably be a smart choice by anybody no, that I wants to go in. The Army, right? What's that? I believe he was special forces. Yeah, he was special forces. Yeah, I wouldn't miss any of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so he also he's also was famous in coming to Tech for headbutting a player at his previous job, uh, bareheaded. (laughs) Yeah, there's a player at a a screenshot with with blood running down his face. Player at a helmet on, so he's pretty fired up. I mean, we've said before in our Slack chat, you know, the uh, the strength and conditioning coach is kind of the the culture in chief man, you know, of, of football teams. And so he's – I've noticed that with Rusty Witt. He's always much closer to the head coach than any other strength and conditioning coach. He's down there firing guys up and keeping guys motivated and keeping them in the game. And, and he's coaching more than what you may think. But th- their role is bigger than I think we realize. So I, I don't know if anybody listened to the Oklahoma State podcast that I did the interview for. I actually mentioned one of our defensive improvements was on conditioning and all that kind of – and depth. Um Obviously, a, a game and like with Lamar being able to, to finish out the, the shutout and then tonight where um, they had six minutes of possession the second half and a, a shutout, the Texas Tech defense is not a team or a, a unit that fades late. This is not something that we've seen previously where like you'd have to have like a big lead and just kind of hang on and just make sure <laughs> you just outlasted the other team. That's not what, what's happening no. anymore. No, and you saw – quote-unquote, the best defensive lineman in the country, the best player in the country come in, and that happened to him. You know, in, in the actually beautiful weather of Lubbock, Texas that day, which truly was beautiful, certainly compared to Houston, cramping up and basically a non-factor in the second half of that game while your team is rolling strong. And I think that does speak to those guys. And the defensive lineman going into this game, Brailford and Bundage, I wouldn't say non-existent. I don't remember hearing about them tonight besides just their unit – I mean, they had, they a, had one or two sacks, I think. The the defensive line or Brailford? Oh, I, actually, I'm not sure. I just remember Bowman going down. I, I, I remember him going down once for sure, but I don't. Yeah. I, I switched over to a different screen on the old cell phone, and I haven't gotten back to the box score. There you go. <laughs> so, from our own Brian, he says, is the defense back, back, or like Texas is back? <laughs> Both? It means like, so many things. Like we've said tonight, that never gets old, ever. Yeah, it doesn't. I I feel better about it. Uh, pass defense showed up kind of out of nowhere. Uh, gave up a couple of big plays, but nothing. Which, which they've done a lot. They did a lot more of previously tonight. I, yeah. What it, they did tonight was an improvement. I right. think it – I don't want to just speak to the future completely with every team we're going to face, but the outside receivers and ultimately the inside receivers for – for Houston were a group that was really going to test you. And I don't know if you'll see that. I mean, you're definitely going to see that against West Virginia and other teams, but that was a group that's really going to tear you up and you were still depleted by injuries. So I definitely, yes, they stepped up, but I think you also saw, uh, you've seen a tough unit. And now it's, it was a little bit downhill from, from that side. And really quick to your point, uh, Bundage had four tackles. All of them were solo and one or two tackles for loss. Uh, no sacks, no quarterback hurries. And uh, Brailford, he had one tackle, and the only other thing he did was one QB hurry. So I'd say that's pretty close to a non-factor when your team leader had 14 tackles. Yeah, and, and I would agree with you on, on the on the tech defense. I, I think it's – we don't know. You know, is it back-back or not? It, you know, I think it's still building. We'll see what happens against West Virginia. I mean, we don't know what exactly Oklahoma State is, you know, how over – you know, are, were they overranked? Were they, you know, overrated coming into this game? Right. Probably a little bit. So, 
Texas Tech defense, not to take anything away from them, they played lights out tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, you put up the numbers that they put up tonight. That's that's to me that's not a fluke. It it shows that this is a, a defensive unit that is still building, can do a lot more, I think, even against a West Virginia. Yeah. I would also <laughs> – I've been a Texas Tech fan since 2001 when I came to school here, and I don't know that it's ever – the defense has ever been here. So I don't know when it <laughs> – like what the back is. I wasn't here for the Spike Dykes era, so I don't know what back would be, but I would certainly say they were something I was happy with tonight. This might be one of the best de- – I'm same boat as you. When mm-hmm. I got here in 01, it's not like it was lights-out defense. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'd say this is one of the best defenses we've seen in a while. I agree. I, yeah. I've been here since 2012, and, yeah, it blows out of the water all the other years I've seen. It's 2007, so I had 2008, 2009 that were pretty good defensive years, but outside well, of that. Well, and you're young. You know, you're, I mean, your interception leader right now is a true freshman out of Houston, um, a guy that had not played at all, all of a sudden two picks at Lamar, and now he's obviously playing some serious minutes and, and do, make, doing some work out there at corner. So I think the future is bright. You've got guys that are building things the way they need to. Uh, and recruiting the way they need to, so it's. And this is what happens when you have a defensive coordinator who has actually been here longer than two seasons. I mean, I mean, this is this is what happens. You get that growth, right? You all remember when Arizona State was trying to take David Gibbs away from us? We're like, nope, he's ours. (laughs) See you later. And they got Phil Bennett instead. Yeah. What a (laughs) trade-off. Does Gundy have to shave his mullet now? No, no, that. That waterfall needs to stay. It needs to stay. Always too, keep the mullet. It's yeah, too good. But, but I said this while we were watching the game, and I'll say it here. Gundy, the older he gets, and it's, it's poignant when you watch I'm a man from 11 years ago and you see him now, he is going to start looking like a woman as he gets older. Now it's, my, get, it's getting worse. Now, my question is, did he dye his hair, or is it just he just has no gray hair somehow? At his age, like it's, he's probably oh, it's got to be. There's got to be some if, dye involved. I feel like it's really black for a guy. I'm wondering if here, his hair doesn't tell him how to do things because it <laughs> is special. He's listening to it. <laughs> if it's talking to him, he's listening to it. The, the other thing about that video, this is the first time I'd seen it in high definition, and it looked like it was shot with a with a Motorola razor. <laughs> it probably was. And so it was kind of even with even with that resolution when they shot to current Gundy, you thought, yeah, that is a stark contrast. It Maybe is. Gundy's going to mow it so he can give his hair to Dana Holgerson. Oh, oh it's a donation program. His quarterback needs hair, so he just shave it off. Oh, the, man. Uh, wow. Well, you know, there we you should. Go. Boom. Mystery solved. We, we should just. <laughs> wow. We're getting into it here. Yeah. Uh, Gundy's, Gundy's all right. <laughs> yeah. He's looking out for people, looking out for his players. <laughs> He's doing pretty good. So we, we had a question come in for the preview show about uh, Bowman's throwing motion. Um, the same guy that sent that in replied to himself tonight and says, I don't care what his throw motion is as long as he keeps winning games. Yeah. Amen. So I didn't notice it until tonight. I was like, wow, that looks odd. I kind of noticed <laughs> a little bit in high school. It's like this weird like, sidearm spinning thing. Like he, yeah, the, the, there were a couple of times when he was throwing it sidearm to avoid some pressure or like a, a – He a, doesn't get it around it a defender a little bit. His chest yeah. is kind of – But then there were a lot of like just normal throws that, as Michael put it, looked like he was swinging a hammer. Gosh, I can, I can paint a picture, can I? You know, I think there's a lot of talk, especially in recruiting, about throwing motions and releases and, man, they get the ball out quick and all that stuff. And I, I don't think it always matters as much as we think. Like you said, he's winning. He's setting records. He's uh, not throwing the ball to the other team. And there's a guy that I remember from kind of my days. Uh, everybody talked about his throwing motion all the time. He played for NC State, and he is still playing in the NFL. Phillip Rivers – all they talked about was his sidearm, and he would never make it in the NFL, and he'd never make it as a quarterback. His motion was wrong, 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 and now here he is. I don't care if it looks like Bowman's hammering a nail when he throws a football. I mean, he's, he's getting it done, you know? Yeah, it's been working. And, and I think it's great. So speaking of the, the Cowboy State podcast that I was on this week, they, they reached out and said, things are looking up in Lubbock. Thanks for coming on the pod this week. Our Instacap is not going to be as fun. <laughs> We you're, get to do another fun one. Well, guns up, guys. Hashtag you're welcome. <laughs> um, Adam at Aceman0987, do we want Bama? No. We want the Still Winnipeg. What's, the, what's that Canadian football team? The Alouettes? I, I would play the Alouettes. Can we the take Montreal Manziel? Alouettes? Yeah, can we, have, can we have Manziel? No, I don't <laughs> want Bama. I don't even want Bama for a quarter. <laughs> no. 
What would the no. score be after a quarter? Like 35 oh, 7 or something? I don't want to think about I it. I don't like it. No, and I'm not saying all those are offensive touchdowns. Like, they've got to have at least one defensive touchdown, you got to think. I hate Maybe. This. Why have <laughs> you asked this, this question? This, <laughs> this, this makes got, me uncomfortable. This is, so my, this is my got, friend Adam. They're, they're skewering your question, man. <laughs> this got really depressing really yeah. quick. All right, Tyler Timmons, uh, how about all the freshmen on the field, both offensively and defensively, making plays? Tajon so, Henry is pretty good. So Roderick Thompson is getting better? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Alan Bowman, you can't – Got the little Thunder Lightning. Not talk about him. Adrian Fry. Yeah, Adrian. I was about to say Fry's a freshman too. I think he's a red shirt, though. I don't think he's a true freshman. He's not true. Bowman he's is. False. Yeah, Bowman's he's not. True he's not true. He's a liar. He's not pure. Pure country. Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, so the the thing I would take away from that is obviously you're building um, a really solid foundation and base. And as fun as we're having now, like this team, if it stays together, you know, you're not having like guys transfer out for playing time or whatever it may be. I don't want to. That made me feel like the NFL, like we won the Super Bowl, we just traded away all our talent. You know? Well, I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to like win the championship and like everybody's going to transfer out, but we, we, we've had some uh, attrition issues in the past. I think the future's bright. I mean, I think, you see, I think you see a lot of good young players, and I think your leaders right now, guys like uh, Dakota Allen, um, they're doing things to build accountability in this team and the coaches are as well. And they're doing things to build up the next group behind them. And I think that's, if you want to build a culture of excellence and a culture of winning, that's what you have to do. Um, and it's nice to see some young guys contribute rather than Juco guys come in and try to fill a hole. I think that's, I think that's definitely a positive. Sorry. What's going on <laughs> over there, Michael? Just Something out. made me laugh. There was a, there's a guy I follow, um, Thomas Mooney, who's a oh yeah, a, really into the Texas music scene. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I think you know him, Keith, possibly. But yeah, he does new slang. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he, I think he writes for Wide Open Country. But anyway, yes. he posted this GIF of uh, Nicholas Cage and Con Air, where his <laughs> his hair's blowing in the wind, <laughs> and then above it he writes what it feels like when Texas Tech football has less than five penalties in a game. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it made me laugh out loud. That's so, well played. Nicely done. So there's something I, I want to share, and uh, this is not really the place to do it because it's a picture. So I, I can show the guys around the table, but you have to look it up. Uh, one of the photographers for the Texas Tech athletic department got a shot of the Felton long touchdown. Oh, yeah, Bowman's just – Yeah, and he's got it from Felton running towards him. And he's got Bowman in the background. Oh, that's beautiful. Which just looks like a little kid. That's greatness. He's celebrating. So Felton is, hasn't scored yet, but uh, it's a great image. And I think they mentioned on the broadcast that Bowman saw Felton hit the hole and was like, oh, he's gone. I love um, that. Was this Now, this was the one. He did get two defenders on him about at the 10-yard line, and he stiff-armed off of them to get a step and, and continue on for the I think that was the, the one touchdown. A- after the timeout. Oh, okay, okay. And there was one where it was more of like sealing the game where he, was, he went untouched and right. it, it wasn't for as long. I think that's fun too, just seeing these guys have fun playing football again. And maybe Tex missed that for a little while, but, um, I mean, Bowman's having a great time. He's living the dream. And uh, seeing his teammates respond to him and them get excited. At one point the camera was cutting back and forth, but we had scored and – Bowman turned to the sideline and then, like, flipped around to run down and celebrate. And I don't know if it was a, oh, yeah, we scored. I need to go have fun now because he is always business. He's always ready to run that offense. Uh, or maybe a coach looked at him and it was almost to go have fun with your teammates. But I think that seeing those guys have a good time together. I love the handshake in the end zone, by the way. That's uh, pretty good. But that's just, you know, that's, that's what this is supposed to be about, and that's – the purity of college football that you enjoy. So it's nice seeing them have fun. Because when they're having fun, they're going to be better. And, and that's a positive, too. So just a few little things here. This was the first win over a ranked team since Arizona State in the Hall Oh, he's going to bring up these 2013. really depressing stats. No, those are great. First yeah. win over top 15 team since TCU. and uh, No, actually, first win over top 15 team since West Virginia in 2012. First ranked win, win on the road since TCU in 2012, and then the first win over Oklahoma State since 2008. I have a question. I have an answer. I tweet you guys questions, or I did last week, so I'm, I'm going to tweet a question in person. <laughs> so is this win, and you can take this program, team, Cliff Kingsbury, however you want to take it, is this a win that, that Tech or Cliff or whatever has turned a corner? I need more proof. I, I, I've – I've seen so much weird stuff from 
this team the past five years and be like, yeah, this is it. I just need to see more. Pessimism. No, I'm just kidding. Mike That's an do. honest answer. It's an honest answer. <laughs> there was a point in the game when we were out by 17 and we're like, I'm still nervous. <laughs> That's because we're tech fans. <laughs> because we've blown a 17-point lead to this Oklahoma State team before. I actually at one point – we were talking about scores from other games, and I muttered to myself, can we watch that game instead? And it was only <laughs> Oklahoma's first touchdown. So <laughs> just the, the hopelessness was no, sitting I just, in. I just didn't know if I was emotionally prepared to go the distance and <laughs> see what was about to happen. I'm, I'm not quite there. Uh, I'm a lot closer than I thought I would be. I, I picked Oklahoma State to win. I also picked them to cover. I was the guy everyone hated. To cover and then some. Let's go ahead. Yeah, and run that I out. was even thinking the line should have been more like sixteen or sixteen <laughs> and a half. And a half just didn't do it. For yeah, me. I was like, yeah, let's let's play a little bit more. Uh, I, I was not really a believer coming into this game. I wouldn't say I'm a believer now or anything, but this was, uh, you know, hindsight will kind of see how how much this win actually means uh, based on how Oklahoma State performs throughout, and then. I think next week's going to be a really big test that I will – I may have to kind of start chugging the Kool-Aid a little bit faster if we come away with a convincing – or any sort of win. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to – I'm not going to shoehorn it and say, well, we have to beat West Virginia by 14 before I can say that this team is pretty good. But I, I feel like they have turned a corner in what Johns can see in the booth, what he's advising Cliff. Uh, Y'all have mentioned a lot of the – game management issues we've had in the past they're really starting to disappear clock management was uh just dominating in this game so i do think we are turning a corner but i don't i don't know if we're quite there yet so that's that's my roundabout non-answer it feels ridiculous to say that like we would know a lot more about the team five weeks in (laughs) but i think with the way that the schedule has worked out and with who we've played early on and who they have played hasn't really set up to really tell you much about this team. Tonight, obviously, um, a win tells you a whole lot more than a loss does. Uh, if you if you lost tonight, it was more like, well, you were kind of expected to lose this game. You're on the road, true freshman, all that kind of stuff. Um, no, so I, I wouldn't say no. We've we've seen a Turner corn Turner. Wow, corner turned <laughs> just yet. Um, Thanks for the help, guys. You're just like all staring off at something else. Well, yeah, I'm watching weird, Iowa like, try, fum- play, try a fumble Ruski lateral but play. But no matter what here. happens, the game's over because they're down 11. So I just don't know what why they're doing this. <laughs> yeah. It's just pointless. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And now there's a flag. And I remember the I remember the Cowboys failing at this multiple times over the years. Like so. like even if he scores, congrats, you still lose by four. Like I don't. Oh, and then he got tackled with people around him. Like, I don't know what they were doing. It <laughs> was so confusing. Sorry. So, no, I, I don't think we can say def- – I, I wouldn't say that there's any kind of definitive evidence that the corner has been turned. I think we were heading in the right direction. Um, I think if if you have a similar type of performance, uh, a, you know, win or, or a close loss, whatever, you'd be able to tell a lot more about the, the team, especially if they have a defensive performance that um, continues on this kind of trend. So – does that answer your question? Yeah. Is that is that too realist or <laughs> no? It's pessimistic? your no. It's y'all's opinion. I, I would say tonight absolutely. Tomorrow when I come back down. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, yeah. Again, it, I, I think it's like uh, like uh, Michael, like you said, and, and you know, and others. Let's see what happens against West Virginia. You know, you're going to be facing a possible Heisman candidate quarterback. Let's see how the defense goes. You know, stacks up against that passing attack. Uh, you know, let's see if the offense can. I think the offense is going to continue to perform well. Uh, let's see how they do against West Virginia. I mean, you still have uh, TCU. You still you still have some very very good teams in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma uh, is out there. So I think it's I think it's a little too early to say. Yeah, Texas Tech has turned that corner. I think it's it may be a wide turn. You know, maybe they're kind of in the middle of the wide turn uh, is what they're making. There's still <laughs> room to, like, it's fall a, into the ditch. It's a three-point turn. Yeah, it's like a NASCAR. <laughs> you got that huge loop. Yeah, they, they could fall into the ditch maybe still, but at the same time, they could, you know, it's it's a, it's one of those really odd turns. But it, it's potentially. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That's a good way to put a wide turn. I 
I don't want – I'm not all about hyperbole, even if I'm optimistic. I don't – and I'm not – I also don't think that this is necessarily an automatic turn to corner, every, you know, rainbows from here. I do think this is probably the biggest win of the Cliff Kingsbury yeah. era. At least, you know, you had year one and all the excitement and then terror of the losing skid and then the bowl game, but you never capitalized, so – I'm saying that right now, and if you capitalize on that and make this season something, something maybe not special or exceptional, but something positive, especially to build on, I think it could be looked back at a really I big one. Yeah. Biggest win. My, so, my only my only argument would possibly be UT last year because it saved his job, I think. But he, he should really be like. This like, was but they weren't slipping cash yet. under no, the table right. to, to <laughs> Justice Parker for that. Texas, Texas was still on break. <laughs> they had the sign in the window, be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> They'll be back. So one more picture I want to I kind of point everybody's attention to. It's from Derek Spencer. He's the like the was an intern. Now he's like a staff photographer. Um, he said, he, so he tweets directly at the Oklahoma State Cowboy football Twitter account. I think I found y'all's new third down photo. So to replace the Gary Busey image, and it's the image from last week's game when they had Cliff coming out of the smoke, and mm. he kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I know exactly what image you're talking about. Oh, it's the cool. one that you're using as that's, a as yes. the 23 that's personnel right. official right. avatar. That may be the greatest <laughs> photo of Cliff Kingsbury's there, dude. And, and and kind of like a he's a, scowling a bold stance for a staff photographer to take to take shots at <laughs> a at a, a, a gotta Twitter. get your work out there, yeah. However it takes. All right, so we will return Wednesday, Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning for the preview show for West Virginia. I want to thank Michael for obviously hosting all of us. Yeah, thank at you. the Twenty Three Personnel North. You're HQ. welcome. It was delightful. HQ North, all the delicious food. Thanks. You're very welcome. And of course, having um, all of our guests, Chad, Michael, Keith. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I brought my pessimist views to all your lives. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is cool. This is fun. Yeah, it's fun. So for for all of us here at the table, thanks for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast.